0: Hello and welcome to The Nate Show. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Don't forget to follow along with the show on social media on Facebook and Twitter at The Nate Show423. On Instagram, it's just Nate Show423. There's no the. I know it's kind of weird, kind of awkward, but that's just kind of the way it is right now. I'll be putting up links to podcast episodes, YouTube videos that I'll be working on, and also some upcoming stand up comedy events that I'll be doing. So make sure you stay tuned for those. But enough promotion for now. Let's get into the show. All right. I happen to be from a generation that grew up with the boom of video games now as i was a young child i grew up playing super nintendo i know my good buddy that a friend of the show nathan wampler a friend of mine grew up playing sega genesis and playing sonic he was playing sonic i was playing mario i was playing all those games on super nintendo i then moved into i had a playstation 2 um and then i got in as uh, you can imagine me being in trouble for anything. I got in trouble, had that taken away from me, and eventually got an Xbox and became a huge fan of the Xbox. Uh, but wasn't a fan of the 360. Ended up getting a PS3 after that, and then alternated back to having an Xbox One. And I currently, right now, uh, don't have any game systems other than I have an old PS that old PS3 that I had. I still have that. So I say all that to say this: I grew up at a time when. You saw video game stores like GameStop being the main one that we all know. I was going to say we all know and love, but I don't know many people that love them at this point. And that's what I'm going to get into. But there was a thrill whenever I was growing up, especially being a teenager, to going and reserving a game. And a lot of times then when you reserved a game, they gave you some cool stuff with it. You'd get something that related to the game. I remember one of the coolest pre-orders ever was for zelda the wind waker on gamecube they gave you that disc that had uh, the ocarina of time um, the classic game for n64 on that disc and there's like a super version of it or something but now if you try to buy that disc it's on ebay like the cheapest you'll usually find it for is like 50 bucks a lot of people selling it like brand new for like 100 200 it's crazy it's really in demand but that was a cool thing and now when you pre-order something you get this little you know, stupid code, download, a weapon, like you Call of Duty, you get this special gun, or whatever. Um, you'll start to see my ignorance the more and more I talk about this because I don't really play anything anymore. But it's also the reason why I don't. Because, not specifically pre-orders, but just because the idea of the game in general has changed a lot. When I had the Xbox or the PS2 or GameCube, that generation brand new games were $50. And even then people were complaining that's a lot of money you can buy a movie for 15 or 20 brand new i realize the work that goes into video games and all that but it's like you're spending a good majority a nice percentage of your paycheck um just on one video game and now the biggest thing with video games is they're never complete whenever you get them you're still having to pay for you know, whenever you get the game, it update. It takes like forever to update. You have to do a day one update. It takes a couple hours, and you get into the game, and you realize it's still not finished yet. There's downloadable content that you get charged for. Now you're seeing this thing with loot boxes. You got to pay for pay to win, and it's like I, I know it's not like the grumpy old man here, but I, I really do miss today's record. Is put a game in the system. And just play it and love it and whether it was playing a game by myself or having friends over, or you do the split screen or whatever, those are the best times of my life. And now the idea of like I'm gonna buy a video game for sixty dollars and spend another forty or fifty on the downloadable content. By the time I'm done with it, I've got I've spent hundred and ten dollars on maybe five to ten hours of quality gameplay, if that, and that's if I'm lucky. So I'm not really into that, but one of the things I've noticed, I try to keep up with trends that go on in business, and I've been looking at GameStop a lot lately and just noticed that you know, in just the last year, their stock has declined by 30%. Now, the other day, as I'm recording this, it's January 7th. About a week or so ago, uh, their stock saw about a 12%, sur- 12% surge on the stock market because it was announced that they may be uh, being bought by a bigger company. And so people want to get ahead of that. But it's going to take a lot more than just a, a new buyer to right some of the wrongs that I feel like people have have accused GameStop of and one of the reasons people feel burned by them because you hear the jokes all the time. You buy a brand new game for $60, you take it in a week later, trade it in for something else, they give you like 12 bucks, And I realize it's the way it works. Same thing with buying a car. You always hear that when you, as soon as you drive a car off the lot. It's the value just went like cutting in half. It's just the way it works. I get that part of it. But so much of their business is on the used game market. And one of the reasons video game companies don't like GameStop is because of that very reason. The, the game company gets the credit for the one sale, but if a copy gets traded in and bought multiple times used, they don't get any of that. GameStop keeps all of that profit. All of that profit... That they're not giving you, but they're keeping for themselves. And I realized, again, that that's how business works. But it's such a shady thing that, to know that like, I spent $60 on a game that I don't really care for. And it's not like the old days where you could go rent a game, try it out for a few days, decided if you wanted to buy it. There's there's no Blockbuster other than that one in Oregon. There's no, what we had around here, Video Magic. There's no Hollywood Video. There's none of these places anymore. And most people are buying their games digitally, which is cool. You have the digital copy, and it's on your system, but you spent $60 on that. You can't even get the $12 out of it if you want to trade it in. It's yours. You can't sell it. You can't do anything with it. So that... I've never... Other than some games that are only digital, I've only I've never really played any digital copies of games because... I just feel like the value, if I decide I don't like it and I want to trade it in, even if it's for $1, I'd rather get that value out of it. I know that's kind of like thinking pretty cheap, but just kind of how I am with it. And that's a lot of where GameStop is struggling is because people see them as shady. They're not going to give you any credit for trading your game in, but they're still going to charge close to full price for that used copy of the game for a long time. So you've got to make that profit margin, and it's like I might as well just spend the extra five ten bucks to buy it brand new if I'm going to do that. So hold on, let me fix my mic here. But most people are going online, and what I think it's going to take for GameStop to stay relevant uh, as a player in these times is to probably become more like hot topic in the sense that you've seen them go more and more, and they're selling you know, action figures and stuff like that and t-shirts in the stores, but they're going to probably have to become more and more like that to where they're more of an apparel place that sells video games than a video game place that sells apparel because that's just sort of where the market's going. Uh, Esports is a big business. People playing video games professionally is a huge business. I know Amazon spent a lot of money to have broadcast rights on it. Uh, That's a really big deal right now. So that's something that GameStop probably needs to look into is having tournaments and stuff like that televised tournaments in their stores on their in their headquarters stuff like that to become to raise sort of that brand awareness and be able to do all that so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about GameStop but was just in the mall the other day and happened to pass through and there's another video game store locally that I go in every now and then just to check some stuff out Uh, and that store does pretty well because they also sell comic books they also sell you know, obviously they'll sell dvds and stuff like that but people that play you know like magic the gathering and those card games that do that they have super uh, excuse me super smash brothers tournaments um i think once a week now they're doing different things to stay relevant and they're really good as far as the way that they treat um their customers as well so that's pretty cool but um we are now in the new year it's early january and it means Christmas is over, the new year has started. I know there's still a few people that have their Christmas trees up, but for the most part, those are down. People aren't thinking about that anymore. We're moving on. So if you're wondering what's coming up as far as holidays, I'm trying to get the year started off and I plan my calendar. Here's a list of the upcoming holidays. So Martin Luther King Day on January 21st. Uh, Groundhog Day, good movie, also a holiday. That's February 2nd. Uh, President's Day, February 18th. Uh, Daylight Savings is on the 10th of March, so make sure you adjust your clocks accordingly. St. Patrick's Day, wear green, don't get pinched. That's on March 17th. Uh, April Fool's Day, one of my least favorite holidays, is because I'm always a fool every day. But that's April 1st every year. And Easter is on the 21st of April this year. And that is all of the holidays coming up. And no, I didn't skip over any. But let's move on. So this next topic is kind of tough to talk about. And if there are anybody listening with children around, I would advise just using some parental discretion here. What I'm about to talk about is mature subject matter and very uncomfortable to hear and to listen to and to talk about. But a lot of people have noticed over the last few days, if you've been on Twitter or social media of any kind, that R. Kelly is in the news. There was a special on Lifetime called Surviving R. Kelly. It was a three-night, six-part series, and it's as much buzz as I've seen for a documentary since the O.J. one that ESPN did that I believe was five parts, and it was about nine hours. And... Um, Not exactly the same subject matter, but just as difficult of subject matter to sort of listen to and to deal with. Um, But this is someone that has been in the news for a long time, uh, has made hit music for a long time up until recently, but has been in the news for a lot of the wrong reasons. And those are well documented. Uh, The the special covers a lot of this, but for those of you that don't know, he's been accused in the past of... uh, among other things being involved with underage girls um in sexual manners uh he's also been in the news for allegedly having a a sex cult that women partake of where he controls what they say what they do how they dress when they go to the bathroom all kinds of different stuff there's was a woman in this documentary and I'll get into this in a minute that talked about this is what I was instructed to do and say during sex um a lot of uncomfortable stuff and I'm not gonna go through the whole thing I think it's worth even if you don't really know who he is it's worth watching and educating yourself because the fact is this stuff happens around us all the time and with R. Kelly for a long time he's been able to skate around it because he makes music he's someone that you find on the radio some of the most popular hip-hop and R&B songs of all time happen to feature R. Kelly a lot of people, when I was a teenager, you know, "Ignition" was one of the biggest songs on the planet. It's a song that everyone that's ever listened to R and B, I feel like, pretty much knows the lyrics to. And there's always been jokes, and it's it's very similar to. Uh, well, let me say this real quick: the Lifetime special, uh, the first part covered his upbringing and stuff that happened to him as a child that was traumatic, and how it may have shaped who he became as he grew up, and then in the second part some of the stories from women of abuse and different stuff came into play. And then it kind of went from there. Um, I'll be honest with you. And this is kind of where I was going with this a second ago. My connection with R. Kelly was very similar to my connection, uh, with Bill Cosby growing up. These were two people that I, I wouldn't, I definitely looked up for a long time to Bill Cosby, but I always enjoyed R. Kelly's music. And it was something that I heard a lot of as a child and as a teenager and as adult. Um, but my connection as a teenager, I remember having the Chocolate Factory album when I was a young kid. I didn't know much about anything, but that was a CD that I listened to a lot. And uh, it kind of shaped my views, for better or for worse, on the way I saw certain things as far as love and romance and other type of stuff went. And so as this stuffs went on, and that's the problem with a lot of people, is you hang on to that, just like I did with Bill Cosby. Listening listen to his records growing up and, and idolizing pretty much everything the guy said and watching the Cosby show. I was always a big fan, and then these allegations start to come out, and you, you don't want to believe them because it's one of your heroes, and same thing with R. Kelly. But I had a personal connection to R. Kelly's music, and so it was really hard to watch some of this stuff and see a lot of this stuff and really internalize it and deal with it and make the decision to, you know, I know this sounds kind of like grandstanding, but to I went in my Apple Music and made sure any song that was either his or featured him in it that I got rid of. Um, and there's probably other artists and other people that I need to do that with. I've had to do it with Bill Cosby, like I mentioned before. Was a guy whose CDs I used to have, I used to listen to all the time, it kind of shaped my opinions on comedy and humor. And most people, if you ask, if you made a Mount Rushmore, I know Jerry Seinfeld has said this in the past, if you make a Mount Rushmore of comedians, Cosby's always on there. Um, And so it's really hard to separate the... But that's the point now is that now it's hard to separate the art from the artist. Um, Some of the things that, just for starters, and the rest of you can inform yourselves as you see fit on the R. Kelly situation... In 1994, he was in a relationship and then eventually married to Aaliyah. A lot of people remember the singer Aaliyah and had hit songs and had that unfortunate death uh, via a plane crash. I believe it was 2002. But at the time she was 15, She had forged, they had forged a license to say she was 18. Um, and there's some dispute about all that, whether or not they even had a sexual relationship. But, I mean, popular opinion is that they did, and that's documented in the special on Lifetime. Uh, In 2002, R. Kelly was charged with 21 counts of child pornography, and it took that case six years to go to trial, six years. Um, And he was acquitted, settled out of court. And during that time, during that case, he was also involved with another teenage girl, um... There have been, going all the way back to 1994, multiple charges and counts of him doing stuff like this, and in every case, he's either avoided court or been able to settle out of it. You know, a lot of the reason for that is in that time frame, he's sold 60 million albums. Um, it's, uh, again, it's it's tough to really decipher and deal with a lot of these different things, but... It's important that we do so, and it's important, I think more than anything, it's important that we just inform ourselves of what's going on and then make that decision from there. If it's someone, I don't mean to be on a high horse, but if that's someone you still want to support throughout all of this, that's your prerogative, that's not for me to tell you what to do and what not to do. All I can do into this microphone is tell you what I think, what I believe, and you can do whatever you want with it. But, I, you know, we've noticed more and more, especially over the last couple of years, that the women are less and less afraid to speak their mind and speak up about different things. Um, whether it's the Me Too or just you know all that stuff, it, it's it's something to be aware of. And in this climate, whether it's the you know sex cult or the, all the charges of underage, it's we're being more and more aware of sort of the rape culture that's in our environment and a lot of people if you are on social media a lot of people are worried and paying attention to Drake one of the biggest rappers out right now and has been for a while but there's some stuff in his life that's a little bit iffy wishy-washy where he's texting with that 14 year old girl from Stranger Things and they're just friends or whatever he's been involved with a model that The time that he knew her, she was at the time that he met her, she was underage. But they stayed in contact anyway. There's video out of him, sort of groping and fondling a 17-year-old at a concert, and that's after knowing she was 17. She mentions that she was 17, and he does it anyway. Just some disturbing stuff. And again, it's one of those situations where there are Drake songs that I'm like, I'm into. I'm a big fan of, but recently deleted all of Drake off of uh, off of my Apple Music. And again, you don't have to do that. I'm just telling you what I did. But I do have some fear that he might be next in this sort of environment of the, you know, just being aware of what's going on around us and the Me Too movement and all that stuff. It's important to educate ourselves as to what's going on, you know, and you'll hear people say stuff like, "Well, A lot of these women are lying and they're making stuff up and they're embellishing just to get attention and stuff like that. And you're always going to have that no matter what the scenario is. You're always going to have a sort of, you always hear a few bad apples ruins like the whole batch for everybody. And so that's going to happen. You're going to have women that make stuff up to get money or get attention or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still important that we, especially as men, pay attention to a lot of those things if nothing else is protect ourselves and make sure we don't put ourselves in a situation where we could even be interpreted as hey that's a bad look probably shouldn't have done that so i'm not going to play any sort of music on my way out of this podcast episode it's another fairly short one i'll probably wrap up here at about the 20 minute mark but i'm not i, don't, I feel like it would be an I feel like it would undermine the tone of the conversation that we just had to play that sort of you know, that outro music that I play. It's the same as the intro, it's just done a little bit different. But I, I feel like it would be inappropriate to do that. But um I hope that what I said didn't stray too far from the point and I hope that the point actually got through. Um, any feedback that anyone has, I would love to hear. I'm always available. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the Nate Show four two three. Again, Instagram's just Nate Show423. It's not the Nate Show. It's Nate Show423. It's a long story, but Any feedback, any opinion, any conversation that anyone wants to have about this, I'm always open to it. I never want to be in a position where I'm talking at you. I always want to be talking to you and with you. And If I can engage in an intelligent conversation, I'll take that any day of the week. It's one of my favorite things in the world is to talk and to listen and to just have really good conversation. But I hope everyone uh, enjoyed this episode even though the back half of it was very difficult to listen to. Uh, more so than usual, but this time because of the subject matter. So I hope to have everyone back um, here in the next few days when the next episode comes out, but if not, I get it.